Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to a special Screen Picks podcast. I am your host, Phil Wallace, in our Screen Picks studios in Los Angeles. We are going to have a great show for you today. We are going to predict who will be nominated for the Oscars, the 94th Annual Academy Awards for the 2022 Oscars. Joining me, as always, in Burbank, California, we've got Kit Bowen. Kit, how are you doing? I am doing well. Thank you. Great. Great. Good to talk to you again. Also, we've got in uh, Spokane, Washington, uh, Joel Amos. Joel, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. Great. And also in Burbank, California, we have Andrew Payne. Andrew, how are you? I am doing great. Thanks for having me. Great, great. Well, we have a lot to talk about today. It's our our first time talking about the awards. The Oscar nominations will be announced in uh, about two weeks. And so this gives us a chance to to figure out who will be nominated for all of the major awards. But first, I want to kind of look at the the macro issues going on with the the award shows. And, um, you know, we had 2019, which was an, an Oscars where there were a lot of kind of well-watched movies nominated for, for Oscars films like Joker, Ford versus Ferrari. Um, most of the movies nominated that year were actually, actually did reasonably well at the box office. Then 2020 hit, and of the <coughs> nominees, most of them, very few people saw any of them, most of them not in theaters, um, some people saw them on streaming devices, but it was, I would argue, about as poor a list as I've ever seen for Best Picture, but so many studios held back films. So now we enter 2021, where you've got a lot of films that have been watched widely on streaming services, like Don't Look Up has been watched by, I think, like 100 million people or something crazy like that on Netflix. Yep. You've got... Um, even a film like Power of the Dog or Coda have been well-watched on, on streaming services. You've got films that were really well-reviewed but did not do well at the box office, like West Side Story or, or Belfast. And then you've got films like, like Dune or King Richard, which were nominated, excuse me, which um, came out on streaming services at the same time they were in theaters. They didn't do as well in theaters. We don't really know how they did on streaming services. So... Um, there's all this kind of mishmash of what it even means to be a movie today. So, Kit, given given all that, what is your assessment of what it means to be an Oscar movie or even a movie in this day and age as we enter 2022? Um, well, you know, I'm just throwing that out there. Been... Big, big existential question about the industry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we've been talking about it for the last couple of years fairly regularly, which is. Streaming services are, you know, are just, they're, they're starting, they are making quality movies. And, you know, I think the Academy, because of COVID and, and the fact that not everybody could, you know, obviously 2020 was a complete wash as far as going to the movies and the theater, you know, they had to rethink how they did things. They had to rethink, you know, how, how, what makes a, a movie, you know, uh, a movie, basically, I mean, or Oscar contention movie. And they had to start considering the Netflixes and the Prime Video and whatnot. Um, 
So, I, I, you know, they can't really walk that back at this point. And, and we're still kind of in, you know, we're still sort of in it. Um, people are definitely going back to the movies, which is great to, to, to see. But, you know, it didn't stop the streaming services from, you know, continuing on with their, with their quality films that they're putting out. So, I mean, like, I'm, I'm all for it. I, I, feel like, <laughs> I feel like some of these movies I saw, um, you know, on streaming, I could have seen the theater and it, it would have been a great experience. But at the same time, I didn't necessarily need to see it on a big screen, you know, like Power of the Dog or... I mean, Power of the Dog would have been nice to see on a big screen because it was really beautifully shot. But, um, you know, uh, Don't Look Up, those kinds of films, I mean, they they work very well in streaming. and they're, But they're still, you know, they've got all the star power behind them. So, um, you know, they can be considered Oscar worthy. Uh, you know, films like Dune and West Side Story and those kinds of things, you know, again... I got a chance to see them in the big theater. And so I'm, I, you know, felt like that was where I should see those films. But look, I, I just, I feel like it's just an open field now. And, and I, I consider movies being made for, for, uh, for streamers to be, you know, just as good as movies being made for the, you know, the big screen. So my feeling. <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting, Joel, like looking at this industry in general, like Spider-Man No Way Home, I believe is the isn't it the second highest grossing movie in North American history or the fourth highest grossing movie in North American history. Four. In the middle of a pandemic when with the Omicron wave, you know, coming, just huge numbers of people went to the theater to see Spider-Man, another Spider-Man movie. And then at you know, the same time, you know, a fantastic West Side Story movie um, with a diverse cast, um, made what 11 million opening weekend um it just seems like if, if you're not spider-man or a marvel hero or or something like a big big event you know it's it's hard to get traction right now um unless you you catch fire on the streaming services like don't look up did too so what do, what do you make of where the industry is now i uh, i think in, in terms of we're we're in we're in a pandemic world and we don't know how long it's going to last. Um, indicators say we're on the latter part of it, which is great. But that being said, I think especially when you deal with something like Omicron, which is you know, exponentially more contagious than anything we've seen before, and now they're saying it stays on surfaces up to 10 days longer than anything we've seen before, um, I think what people are, are, are going through is like, okay, I'm willing to risk it to see Spider-Man on the big screen, but I'm not willing to risk it to see West Side Story. And I don't think it's an indictment on West Side Story. I don't think it's an indictment on Belfast um, because now Belfast is available on digital and, and it's doing very well. So I think, I think we gotta, we gotta answer this question in two parts. And I think the first part is this is, I hate this phrase, but it is the new normal. This is the way life is and probably will be for another 6, 8, 12 months. After that, once this is abated into the background, if we put out a West Side Story and a Spider-Man and a Belfast all in one weekend and everybody's going to the movies again, which I'm sure they will, if West Side Story banks $11 million at that point, then yes, I think we have a problem. 
but I'm not necessarily ready to throw that white flag up yet because I'm looking at 2019 and even before, like, Shape of Water did pretty good box office. Like, you know, there are movies that adults and critics like that do well at Oscar time. It's just this is such a unique time in our history and the way the industry is set up and the way that technology is emerging and, and, and replacing things. I think we are in an incredible period of flux right now. But i feeling that you're not going to put the genie back in the bottle, but that people are going to go back to theaters in bigger droves. It's just more that, you know, you're not going to see, I mean, they didn't turn out to see the Eternals. And I think it was like, if, if the Eternals had gotten great reviews, I think people would have shown up because it's Marvel and blah, blah, blah. But like people were saying like the Spider-Man movie is like one of the best movies like they've made in Marvel history, period. And so people are like, I got to see that. I'll wear my mask, I'll wash my hands, I'll do all this, but I gotta see Spider Man. But like West Side Story, I can wait. Cause, I mean, it's probably gonna be on video in March. So I think that's kind of where yeah. we're at right now. And I, and I and I think that we can't really judge it in any other way until this thing is over. And you know, I think we all thought that we were in the clear a little bit the summer and the late summer, but then Omicron, you know, really scared some people, and people were getting. Um, breakthrough cases that were vaccinated people that have had it before and vaccinated were getting it again and just you know people are like you know what i think i'll, I'll skip belfast yeah well you know it's interesting i don't know if people are coming back even once once we're all through this if if people are coming back to see movies in theaters other than those big big tentpole films and it's going to upend the industry we've already seen sort of a withering away of, of adult dramas unless they're oscar films <clears throat> and then but even now i'm, I'm not sure if, if the dollars are there to, to make some of those films work but you know andrew Payne, I'm, I'm interested to get your take on on sort of where the industry is now i i was talking to my cousin who's, who's 18 years old college freshman i said do people your age go to the movies anymore and um she said not really you know i do but um you know, they. I said, "What are they watching instead? Are they watching like, um, you know, uh, Queen's Gambit or something?" And uh, she said, "No, they're just watching videos on TikTok for for like yeah. 15 seconds." And uh, you know, it's funny. I when I was 18, I even you know I started college. I was going to the theater all the time. You know, every other weekend, I'd be another movie in the theater all the time. You know, in high school, every weekend it was it was what what movies coming out? What are we going to see? Um, now it's like if the high school kids are maybe they'll go to Spider-Man, but otherwise they're watching videos on TikTok. I I don't know what to make of this world anymore. But Andrew, curious to get your take. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think that the you know the 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 TikTok of it all and the Instagram of it all and the social media of it all. I mean, obviously, there's just way more options now for entertainment uh, in 2022. Um, I mean, you know, everybody's on Quibi these days. So, I mean, that, that's really where the, that's really where the eyeballs are. No, I mean, it's just, I mean, if, if you think about it like that, I mean, if you think about like what's on your phone, like you have Spotify, you can listen to a podcast, you can listen to music, you have TikTok, you can watch videos, listen to music there, YouTube, Instagram, there's so much that, that is going to consume that, that you can fall into holes for hours. Um, so I think that that's something where 
And, and there's also gaming. I mean, video games, um, you know, things like Fortnite, stuff like that. None of that, I mean, video games existed on some level in 1995, but not to the extent that they do now. Uh, and not to like the extent of like having like virtual worlds and things like that. So at the end of the day, everything is going to suffer in terms of like eyeballs. So like TV streaming, all that stuff is going to suffer in terms of eyeballs. But I think that what you're going to see with movies is, is kind of what you were saying, Phil, is there will still be movie theaters. I mean, the thing that I always say is there is still AM radio. Like there are so many other options, yet there's still AM radio stations. So things, things aren't going to go away. Like, you know, there's still print magazines. Things still exist. But it is probably going to be more of you're going to have to create a really compelling reason to get somebody to go to the theater. And it's going to have to be something like Spider-Man. It's going to have to be something like Scream. It's going to have to be something where it's like, I want to see that with a crowd of people on a big screen. And I want that mm-hmm. communal experience experience that I'm not going to get watching something at home. So when you think about a movie like Power of the Dog or um, Belfast, you don't really need to do that anymore. Like, you know, everybody has a 65-inch screen that's getting 4K streamed into their house and sound system. Like, you're getting a decent experience if that's what you want at home. Um, or if you're somebody who wants to you know, watch a movie for two hours in bed, you can do that too on your phone or on your tablet or on your laptop or something like that. So that's where I think things are going. And I think that what you'll probably see in the industry is a trend toward shorter theatrical windows um, and, and like sooner, like on streaming, where you'll probably see things like 30-day theatrical windows and then movies will end up on streaming and it makes mm-hmm. sense to me because, like, when you look at, like, the, the – other than, like, the rare example, like, The Greatest Showman, which made money for weeks and weeks and weeks after it came out, most movies are doing the vast majority of their box office within the first three or four weekends. So at that point, everybody who's going to – who's like, I need to go see this in the theater will have probably seen it. And then you can get the rest of the audience on these streaming services – and the audiences for these uh, studios are so much more valuable on these streaming services because of the residual income you're going to keep creating from these, from these users that want a movie every month, that want it to be like HBO Max or Netflix or something like that. It was just like, great, two or three movies a month, that's going to keep me hooked, that's going to keep me subscribing, and that's what is actually more valuable to these studios than – the box office that they're getting because there's less pressure for them to make hits. And I think that we're going to see for folks like us who really like movies is you'll probably start to see some of the mid budget stuff start to come back is what I'm hoping for. And it'll be more than those will be more like streaming movies. So like, you know, those movies that we used to love, like the fugitive or Michael Clayton, like stuff like that, Jerry Maguire, like they don't make movies like that anymore because there's no financial reason to, because it's like, you either want to spend a little bit on a horror movie or a comedy that you can sell to cable and it'll just run forever, or you want to spend a bunch of money on a big spectacle like Star Wars or, or uh, a Marvel film. Um, so I'm hoping that that's sort of like where things end up. But, but I think like what Kit was saying too, like, you know, I, I think Phil, you and I, we used to be regimented about, 
Oscars have to have come out in theaters first. Otherwise, it's a TV movie. Yeah. And now I'm like, I'm starting to see like, and I think I think I might have said this last year about this time. I, I can tell the difference between a movie that should be for the Emmys and a movie that should be for the Oscars. Like yeah. you watch yeah. Power of the Dog on streaming. That's a whole lot different than watching like that new Alyssa Milano movie that's on Netflix. That's like always in the top five. Like those are right. those are like just different like pieces of art. Um, so like I, I think that now it's like I, I feel more okay with it because they are maintaining like the theatrical quality for the movies that they're submitting to the Oscars. Like it's all on the screen. Like right. you watch Coda, that's a movie. Like it came out on Apple mm-hmm. and it's not a high budget movie, but it is a movie. Like it looks like a movie. Um, so yeah, yeah like because movie. of that, like like I'm kind of okay with how everything's gone. No, you know, I'm starting to wonder not... if the uh, uh, oh, real uh, quick, and I'll go to you, Joel. If the Oscars, they want to keep up with the times, if they should, if they should have like Queen's Gambit or Mayor of Easttown or these limited series as just as part of the Oscars to get more people to watch. If that's what people are watching. Um, but Joel, go go ahead. Sorry, what were we going to say? Well, it's funny. Really quick, I saw a meme that that just spoke to that. It said, "Hey, we've got this great ten-hour movie. Do you want to watch it?" No. Hey, I got this great series that runs for an hour every with every episode for 10 episodes will you see that sign me up so it's like yeah i mean we can make these movies that are like ozark uh to plug that puppy um my question <laughs> and, and it doesn't need to be answered here but what i what i hear andrew saying is, is i see it coming but what i'm wondering and, and this isn't a podcast about theater owners we're not in that realm but like are the days of the multiplex numbered? Because oh, do, we need a, to go yeah. back, do we need to go back to those theaters where remember we used to, when we were kids, we'd go to a movie and there'd be like four screens. Like, I mean, are the day of the 20 screen movie houses history? Right. I, I mean, that's Maybe a good point. And then way. also, I mean, good point. and like, do you want, like, you know, if you're the AMC in downtown Burbank, Instead of 16 screens, do you want six IMAX screens? Like six things where it's like, right. boom, you're going to go and get an experience if you come here. Um, right. Versus, you know, five shoe boxes and like, like something like that. Like, like does, does that make more sense? Yeah. yeah. Or at what point do you just, just go to Spotify Stadium with 70,000 people to watch Spider-Man with, with like the quality of the video yeah. board there? I, I don't know. But. Right. Another right. thought. Um, all right. I, I don't want to spend too much more time on this topic, but I do want to talk about the host. Apparently, we will have a host this year. We just don't know who it will be, which they, we got to announce it soon. I mean, they're going to have a nominees in about two weeks. So um, the rumor, one of the rumors is that they will get Tom Holland because they, they figured, heck, heck um, you know, that was the one movie everyone saw this year was Spider-Man. So <laughs> let's get... Uh, Tom Holland, or maybe have him co-host it with Zendaya, even though neither is really a comedian. Um, but sure, we could do that uh, for a host. <laughs> I've heard other rumors that um, you know maybe Tom Holland's a little too busy filming another Spider-Man or something, so maybe or another movie. So maybe um, since the Oscars are on ABC, Disney owns ABC, Disney owns Hulu. That the other hot rumor is they'll they'll get a three-headed monster of Steve Martin. 
Martin Short and Selena Gomez, kind of the old and young, oh. promote season two of Only Murders in the Building. Um, so that's an option. Um, it'd be interesting to see Martin Short host his first Oscars in his 70s, but Steve Martin's hosted it before. Um, the last time they had three people host the Oscars together, I'm looking back here, was um, 1987, Chevy Chase, Goldie Hawn, and Paul Hogan. Uh, what they hosted platoon winning best picture. So uh, certainly that's an option. Um, but curious to know, Kit, do you have any pick for who you think would be a good host? <laughs> well, those are very interesting uh, choices there. I, I don't think Tom Holland and Zendaya would do it, but the only, the three from uh, Martin, either that or just Steve Martin and, and Martin uh, Short, that might be good too. Maybe just cancel out Selena Gomez, but she might be fun to throw in there. I still think they'll go to Safe Choice and pick a late night guy. Who's ABC's? Is it ABC, right? It's so maybe it's Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel. Kimmel did it twice the last time they had a host, but I, I think they ruled him out already. I just don't see him yeah, bringing him oh. on the Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and, and they, one year they were going to have Fallon do it, but then ABC objected because they didn't want the NBC guy doing it. So there, there's that politics. Right. 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 Or, um, you know, they might pick a song and dance guy, you know. So, well, so didn't when we had our little text chain, didn't someone say Cedric the Entertainer? <laughs> That's kind of funny. He hosted the Emmys. Yeah. You got to get, get someone, though, who who bring in younger viewers. So, I mean, maybe someone yeah, well, can bring in some younger viewers. Like, I don't yeah, think true. Martin and Martin Short are bringing in younger viewers as great as they are. They're both in their 70s. Tom Holland, Tom Holland is a song and dance man. That's like, a lot true. of people don't he know is. that, but he is a, Trump, a song and dance man. The, 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 the dance routine he did to Rihanna's umbrella on the lip sync battle is so epic. If you haven't seen it, YouTube it. It is incredible. Didn't he do Billy? And, o- didn't he do Billy Elliot on Broad or on uh, in London or something? Yeah. 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 So like this guy can sing and dance, and he's very charismatic, and he can be funny. There's some real funny lines in Spider-Man. He gets out. I actually think he's the answer in terms of getting the youth uh, to pay attention to this and to kind of inject something fresh into the broadcast. All right. Andrew, any, any thought on you who you think should host or will host? I mean, I like the idea. I mean, Steve Martin is one of my favorite Oscar hosts ever. And, and I mean, Martin Short, yeah, I don't think he's ever hosted it. I think he would be no. fantastic. And, yeah, Absolutely. I mean, like, I mean, I think that, that would be a great triple threat uh, with Selena Gomez to appeal a little bit to, to younger viewers. Um I mean, I would have. I mean, my I would have bet on The Rock and Kevin Hart hosting together. Yeah, but I think that I think that that's been that's been dismissed as definitely not happening. I don't think that Kevin Hart, when he uh, when they pulled him out of hosting the Oscars a few years ago, I don't think that I think that he's probably never going to host after that. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's that, and then there's always the idea of like Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, and Maya Rudolph hosting which I think would be great. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely be behind Steve Martin and, and Selena Gomez and Martin Short. Yeah, Supposedly I would too, actually. Supposedly if they asked Dwayne Johnson 
every year, but he, he turns it on every year. But maybe maybe he could co-host with Emily Blunt or something. I don't know. I'm just throwing out. Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll find out. You know, I was looking at some of these hosts that, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of the double host. The last time they did that was with James Franco with Anne Hathaway. Um, and the oh, radio went that way down that disaster. year. <laughs> um, they did go up when uh, they had Seth MacFarlane host. So that, that was interesting if they want to go that direction. But uh, I mentioned last time they had three hosts. There was one time when they had four hosts which was the powerhouse quartet of Liza Minnelli, Dudley Moore, Richard Pryor, and Walter Matthau in 1983. I don't know why. Good Lord. I get the Liza Minnelli, Dudley Moore thing. That was like when Arthur, you know, kind of. But why you throw in Richard Pryor and Walter Matthau, I don't know. But who knows? Um, All right. I will say somebody, somebody out there, real quick, last thing. Somebody who is lobbying for the job, and there aren't a lot of people lobbying for it, but somebody lobbying for the job is Ricky Gervais. Is he? Oh, oh man. Yeah. yeah. He, thinks, <laughs> he thinks he's ready for the big time, quote unquote. <laughs> Supposedly, Tiffany Haddish was being considered, but she, she just had yeah. a DUI, and, and she might be out. So, um, <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, want to talk? We'll, we'll go and predict the nominees for the big awards. Uh, we'll start with best picture. So a change this year. The last few years, it's been between five and ten nominees, usually eight or nine. We've never known the exact number. Now it's been changed. We will have ten nominees no matter what. So that really? makes it easier to predict. Yeah, yeah. ten nominees no matter what. So. Um, as we always do, we're going to vote on whether or not a film will be nominated. It takes three of the four of us to nominate a movie for Best Picture. So the first movie, uh, Power of the Dog, will that be nominated? Yes. Quickly. Yes. Yes. Belfast. Yes. 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 Okay. So we got two movies nominated. Okay. Now I think it gets interesting. Um, West Side Story, does that get in? Yeah. 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 I mean, ten <laughs> nominees, they, they're going to be scraping the bottom of the barrel, so yeah. I, I think it's – I could see a world in which it gets snubbed, but you're right. With ten, I think you're right, it gets in. So West Side Story is in. Okay. Yeah. Licorice Pizza. Is that nominated for yes. that picture? Yep. Andrew? Okay. I think it gets in, too. So that's yes. four. Dune. Is Dune a Best Picture nominee? Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, Joel. Uh, yeah, Come there's on, ten. Joel. Yeah, there's ten. I mean, I really like. <laughs> it. I think I, you're right. I think, I think there are other better picks. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm going to say something controversial. Um, I thought a better musical this year than West Side Story, which will definitely not get nominated, we can all agree on this, is In the Heights. Absolutely. Oh, God, no. I am on the kit agreement bandwagon there. <laughs> I thought In the Heights was great. I in the Heights was great. Yeah, I did too. I mean, I, 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 I when, thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it was watchable, but uh, yeah. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> I thought it was a surefire right, well, nominee, and then there was all the backlash. So, all right. yeah, um, we'll have to disagree on that one. 
King Richard, is that a Best Picture nominee? Kit? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I I think so. I mean, it's funny because, like, we, we just talked about two movies that, that we think are going to get in, Belfast and King Richard. I immediately forgot everything about both of those movies the minute they were over. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's like, it's, it's slim picking. No, I mean, um, I like King okay. Richard a lot, but it's, but I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, it's kind of a weak contender in my opinion, overall, it's more of a, you know, it's more of a Will, Will Smith show, but um, there's a lot of parts to it that I did like. So. It was yeah, good, but you. it wasn't yeah. like, whoa, was King Richard. Can't, can't wait to put that <laughs> up on the Oscar pantheon. <laughs> okay. All right, next one. Coda. Is Coda nominated? I Absolutely. sure hope so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I think, no I think so. I, I just want to say, it's a, little Miss a lot Sunshine. of Oscar voters, yeah. I think, have Apple TV+. Plus. Um, I yeah. really think a lot of because uh, Coda's been nominated for in Best Picture in every precursor show. Everyone. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which I think is interesting. It's a testament to how many people have among voters have Apple TV+. Plus. All right, so we've got seven films. Power of the Dog, Belfast, West Side Story, King Richard, Dune, Licorice Pizza, Coda. I think here's where it gets a little tougher. Um, Don't Look Up. Is that a nominee? Mediocre reviews. Well watched on Netflix. I think so. I think so. They love Adam McKay, and it's very topical. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a great point. I mean, Vice got nominated for Best Picture, and that movie was not good. This was better than Vice. Yeah. Okay. I mentioned voters appear to have Apple TV Plus, but are they using it to watch The Tragedy of Macbeth? Is that a Best Picture nominee? I say yes, only because it's it's got the pedigree. It's got that's, Cohen yeah, brothers. that's what I think. It's, it's Denzel. Cohen, it's got Denzel, Francis, Francis McDormand. Or, yeah, and you got it. Shakespeare and Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah. So the three of you yeah. think it's good then. Yeah. Yeah. I actually think I mean and, and if you yeah, think about but... I mean it just it's it's gonna get cinematography, it's gonna get production yeah. design maybe. Yeah, like you know, yeah. it, it it's got a lot of the technical stuff going production. for it as well. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I, mean, sure. I, I actually do not think it'll get nominated. But Ooh. I'm going to throw But we outvoted throw you. another movie. <laughs> the one I think will get in Spider Man, No Way Home, will that be nominated? Uh, I, I've seen that on some lists, and and some people have it in their top ten. Like I it, I don't think I don't think so. I don't I don't think so either. Yeah, it's the third movie in a series. It's part of a long legacy of movies that go back twelve, thirteen years. It's not Return it's of the King. Years, it, yeah, twenty years. Yeah. It's, it's not, not Return of the King. Not Return it's of not, the King. No, no. 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 See, mm-hmm. I, I, you can, you can throw career. every Spider-Man who ever existed in that movie, and it wouldn't make it a best picture. <laughs> okay. Actually, I am one of the few people who didn't actually see it, but um, I still think it's getting in. I so, haven't seen it either, uh, so we're on the same. Yeah, we're on the same team. I saw Eternals in the theater. I just, you know, it, it didn't right really. It hit right as the Omicron part. thing hit, and I just, exactly. I didn't feel like. Going and sitting in a crowded yeah. theater nope. <laughs> to watch. I just think to watch another Marvel nominate, movie. They're going to nominate really the, good. 
good. Someone's going to say maybe we should nominate movies that people saw back like the old days. So I, I think I think gets enough votes to get it. All right. So next one. Um, we have nine nominees actually, so we need one more. Uh, the Lost Daughter is that being nominated? I don't think so. Oh, I'm gonna vote no on that one. That's the one. Yeah, I feel like that's it's not out. a great movie. I, I have I I have another one that I think is the tenth one, and I don't think that it's me too. I don't think it's that All one. Right. Me too. What about <laughs> I think the Ricardos? I'm throwing some other movies. No. If, if that if if that no. gets nominated, they should cancel the Oscars. That's one of the worst movies <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> I thought it was pretty yeah. good. I actually think it'll get nominated. No. I don't think it will. Survey says. All right. Come on, say the one we all think it is. No, I, I know what you're thinking. Tick, tick, Nightmare tick, Alley. Tick, tick, tick. That's not the one you're thinking. <laughs> no. I know you're thinking Tick, no. tick, tick, but I'm saying Nightmare Alley first. Yep. No? No. Oh, interesting. No. That is... No, that's, tick, tick, uh, mine is not tick, 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 Boom. Oh, mine is. Mine is. Yeah. Uh, I guess I actually was, don't was, have that if I have Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah so what's your pick, uh, Andrew? Mine Andrew, is, I think, I, I think Drive My Car will be the 10th one. Oh. Not House of Gucci. No. 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 <laughs> I mean, Drive My Car is winning, like, a lot of the, like, you know, I didn't yeah. win like L.A. Film Critics, National Society of Film Critics. Um, okay. Yeah, Is that with on ten. Somewhere? No, I don't think so. That's that's the thing where it's at a disadvantage. I don't know if a lot of folks have seen it. Um, Is it Japanese? It, it just, yeah, yeah. It's a Japanese they, they didn't send out yeah. screeners for it. Yeah, I, I Okay, I now you're now you're changing related. my mind based on the mechanics uh, of it. Um, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's it'll be tick tick boom. I mean, you I know, that's a that's, what, what about House of Gucci? It's an imagined movie and Lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah, exactly. House of Gucci got what? all those SAG nominations. House of Gucci got all those no. SAG nominations. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No. All right. <laughs> I guess uh, we'll settle on Tick, Tick, Boom for the last one. All right. Um, Any movies you feel here, feel free to jump in. Any movie you saw this year, like I already mentioned, um, In the Heights, um, that you feel should have been nominated or is being overlooked? There's one for me that I saw uh, pretty recently that no one has really talked about, and I don't understand it, and that was The Green Knight. David Lowry's movie. Yeah. I thought that was excellent. I mean, it was so well made. No? You're really. You didn't like the Green Knight? Oh my God, it was the snooze fest. It was awful. (laughs) I loved it. I loved it. I loved Uh, the the cinematography. Um, I mean, it's just, you know, I, I watch movies like that and I. And I wonder to myself, why do I keep going to see these Marvel movies that I barely enjoy when I could see like a master, like just a, like a filmmaker, like firing on all cylinders like that. Uh, So that's one for me that, (laughs) that's one for me that, that like really stuck out to me this year uh, that just is not showing up on like anything. Another movie that everyone I've spoken to who, who saw it loved it was The Last Duel. Yes. Yeah, yeah it was okay. and that's surprising <laughs> to me. 
again. I, I mean, it's you know Rid- it's Ridley Scott. It's it's Matt and Ben. Like I feel like maybe because House of Gucci is I'm not hitting the way that I think people thought it would, and maybe they should have all the Ridley Scott momentum should have gone behind that last duel. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah, two different maybe. studios, but still. There's a, there's a bit of controversy about it because it, it, it shows a, at the center of it is a rape. And they not just right. show it once, but they show it from three different angles. And it's like, they're like, Ridley, that's too much, especially in the Me Too era. Like, allude to it. You don't even need to show it. But to show it three times, that's a little much. And I think that's really hurt it. Um, mm. So, I, yeah, that's why I think it's kind of, it's, it was on a lot of people's top ten lists. But, like, I don't think it'll transfer to Oscar. Um, and for me, um, I thought last night in Soho was just mesmerizing. Oh, yeah. I just, nobody's talking about it. I mean, it should be, I it mean, should be a, cinemat- a cinematographer nomination. No question. When is mm-hmm. Edgar Wright going to get his due with these awards? I like, know, how many great Baby movies driver. does he need to make? Um, and, you know, I mean, Baby I Driver Baby Driver had its issues, but it was still really well directed. I mean, he makes great movies. He is a great director. Like, Scott Pilgrim yeah. is still, like, no one's made yeah. anything like that before or since. And, that was fantastic. And, and yeah. Just, I, yeah, I don't get it. Like, I know that he's a little bit more genre-y and a little more funny than... Um, you know, like, you know, some of these, like, stalwart Academy Award directors, but it just, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I feel I, like he's, like, we need to start honoring these people. I think he's getting, I have one, too. I think he's, I think he's getting closer. I think yeah. with each successive film, I think, give it another five, ten years. I mean, for a while there, could you imagine that Guillermo del Toro was going to win an Oscar? I mean, he was kind of like Mr. Art director who made great films that, you know, didn't get Oscar love. And I, I feel like right. Edgar's going to get there. Yeah, I, I thought this was going to be the one that, that broke yeah, through, but too. yeah, it just didn't. Too. Yeah. Kit, what's your what yours, Well, I, I do have one and it's only because I, you know, you guys may go, oh, but I loved pig. Yeah. Oh Nicholas yeah. Cage pig movie. was great. Pig was great. Oh my God. Pig. I love that, was on my that top 10. movie. Yeah. And you, um, you know why else it was great? It was like 85 minutes. Like, come on. Yep. Like, <laughs> Super story. Very I do just want to quickly say I've seen some people say that No Time to Die, the James Bond movie, should be nominated. I strongly disagree no. with that. Um, no, 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 there's a right. there is let a me, thing that happens at the end of that movie, and that movie should be burned, all copies, and never be seen again because <laughs> the way that movie right. ended was a abomination to that franchise. Let, let me ask this. Anyway, um, kid, I'll start with you. What's going to win? What's the favorite? Oh God, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at Gold Derby. They've got Power of the Dog. Which was I, you know, that's a movie that was that was problematic for me, but that ending, you know, was just so great. Um, I, I'm really not, to be honest with you, if, if I if so, you want me to pick what I think will win or what I would want to win? 
<laughs> why, why don't you give me, if you were a voter, who would you vote for based on what we think will be nominated? And then, yeah, what what will win? What what if you if you have a hundred dollars and you can only bet on one movie? What are you what are you putting your hundred dollars on? I think I think Power of the Dog will win um, for as an Academy. It's just got the Academy stamp all over it. It's also Jane Campion who's you know returning to. She's a, you know she hasn't done anything for a long time. The piano was so well you know so highly acclaimed. Um, but for me, I'd pick Coda. <laughs> that movie just touched my heart. I, it's kind of a close between Coda or Licorice Pizza. Both of those, yeah, really. I, I just, I'm with you. Love, loved Coda. It was just like, yeah. That's the that's the kind of movie I, I used to like watching growing up. You know, it's nice that yeah. people are making movies that with like yeah. happy endings now. Yeah, just, yeah. I really enjoy. I know, I, I know, I know. I'm kind of a softie. I'm I'm being a little bit of a softie right now. I'm usually not like that, but I just I really enjoy that movie so much. So, um, yeah, yeah. Right. that that's my guess. Joel. <laughs> Zol, who do you think Power yeah. of the Dog is going to win? Um, I think it might. I really don't want it to. I have some problems I don't with that movie, although it was really good. It was really well shot. It was really well acted. But like, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, why is he that bad? Why is he so horrible? But, I couldn't yeah, quite understand just, that part. Yeah, anyway, I'm just the life. Okay, but for me, who I would bet on and who I would vote on is the same, and it's Coda. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's for some of the reasons we've mentioned before is that I think a lot of Academy members love uh, or have, love, love or have uh, Apple Plus. And like I say on these shows every year for years now, the Academy desperately needs a movie that they can hold up for 50 years from now and say we are proud that we gave this movie Best Picture. And I can't think of a movie of the 10 we nominated that would fit that bill more than CODA. You know what? We haven't had a real good feel-good movie win in a long time, you know? <laughs> well, people thought Green... <laughs> There's certain people who think Green Book is a feel-good movie. <laughs> people who, uh, you know... People who have a problematic worldview think that that's a feel-good movie. Um, yeah. Otherwise, go back, no, like, Argo... The Artist, I guess, is the one, like, feel-good movie. Right. Yeah, I'd say. I mean, Argo, I think, that's was more or less a feel-good movie because it had. A, I mean, it had a very happy ending. It was yeah, I guess. So maybe King's yeah. Speech. Maybe. Oh, oh yeah, no, that's a good point. <laughs> but, so, yeah, I actually yeah, those are I, I agree like with fifty years from later. Yeah. Sorry, Andrew, go ahead. Yeah. What do you think? I agree with Joel. I'm. I mean, I just saw. I actually just saw Coda like last weekend. That feels like it feels like a winner to me. It's just it's really well made. Um, it's a really nice story. It's, it's a really it's a really good screenplay. Um, looks great, um, and it just it's just a nice movie. Like it just makes you feel great after you see it. Um, and I think that Belfast wanted to be that movie. Yeah. But like I said, I saw Belfast. I haven't thought about that for a second since I saw it. Um, sure, other yeah. than that, I thought Jamie Dornan was great in it. But like, I, I haven't really thought about that. Like Coda is something that I'm going to think about. Uh, so like, I could see that as, as an upset pick. And the other one that I'd say don't count out is don't look up just because yeah. people might want to yeah. make like a statement with their vote. Um 
but yeah, like, like I feel like, like those two are like my dark horses. Power of the dog feels like the front runner right now, but like, is that going to really last through Oscar season? Like, I feel like that's a movie that people are going to start to pick apart. I could see Jane Campion winning best director and then they go somewhere else for best picture. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, the, if I were voting, no question, Licorice Pizza. Licorice Pizza was the best movie that yeah. came out this year. It was so uh, good. It was, it was, it was so, yeah, good. so good. It was so well made. It was just fun and and just like everything you want when you go to a movie. Like you just lost yourself yeah. in it. Um, a, and, it was just like, and it's just Love like, how many times can we say, Paul Thomas Anderson is the greatest American filmmaker of the last 30 years, but we're never going to give him an Oscar. It's like, come on. Like, why are there like these like ridiculous right. movies? Yeah. It's like, not to get yeah. ahead of ourselves, but I, I do think he's going to get screenplay this year, but I, I have a fact yeah. here that I wanted to share before we move on from best picture with the expansion well, I, I make... of, oh, oh sorry. Ahead, Joel, and then I'll tell you my prediction because I think you're all wrong. Belfast is definitely going to win in my view. I think uh, uh, everyone is going to vote for Belfast in the top three. It's going to get a lot of second and third place votes, and it will win. Uh, everyone liked it. No, you know, everyone kind of likes it, I think. And uh, that, that helped movies um, in the past. Like Green Book, I think, got a lot of top three votes. Shape of Water got a lot of top three votes. It wasn't you know, and anyone's like ninth or 10th, you know, ranking. So I think it'll be Belfast. That's my prediction, but I'm sorry, Joel, go, go ahead. What were you going to say with you? No, it's just, and then I don't want to throw in a wrench to everything we've been discussing, but I just read an article today that because of the expansion of the Academy um, a year ago, it took 457 votes to earn a best picture Oscar nomination this year. It'll take 863. Oh. Right? Like, how does <laughs> so he that might change be right. things? Okay, so he might talking, be right. So like if, it's almost double. So if everyone picks, like, Belfast as their number two or number three, that could, that could right. rack up to 800. It rides it to the trophy. Yeah, you might be right, yeah. though. <laughs> we'll see. I could see a lot of people picking Power of the Dog like ninth or tenth on their ballot. I would put it ninth or tenth on my ballot. Um, I mean, I'd put it below like King Richard, but um, you know, I just didn't like that movie very much. But even though it was, it was beautiful, no shot, everything. But it's yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on, and I'll try to be quicker with the other awards. Best director. Uh, again, we're looking for for nominees here. Uh, do we all agree that Jane Campion will be nominated? Yes. Yes. Um, yes. What about um, Denny Villeneuve for Villeneuve? Villeneuve. Villeneuve. He never. Yes. He never pronounced this guy's name. It's Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. 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 It's not Villeneuve. Like former indie card. No, Villeneuve. Think, think French Canadian. Think French Canadian, which is what he is. <laughs> Yes, he's going to get nominated. Okay. Um, Steven Spielberg, he's a nominee for West Side Story? I don't think Probably. so. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I don't. don't I, think I, so. I, 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 think that, I think there's too much competition and he misses out. 
you know, I, I believe if he's nominated, I think it's the most number of decades anyone has ever been nominated for. Maybe just um, if he was nominated, what, in the 70s, 80s, 90s? Yeah. Odds, teens, and now 20s. So it's yeah. interesting. So you don't think he'll be nominated? Do we all, all agree Paul Thomas Anderson will get a nomination? Yes. Yeah. I do. I do. Okay. Kenneth Branagh, he's got to be nominated, right? Yes, yes. yes. Uh, yeah, I think so. So, so that's so yeah. So I mean, so well, that was that was doesn't. five. I mean, if you're saying Steven Spielberg, so no, you guys there's said two no, other. You said no. Yeah, all okay. three people have to say yes, and I and I was kind who's, of on well, that. So that only applies to picture. Um, we're uh, Andrew, oh. who's, who's getting in if if not Spielberg. So I'm. Um, I might mispronounce her first name. So Cyan Heater, the director of CODA. Um, so, so I have her there, but then I also, and you know, I mean, Joel has just thrown me for a loop with his, nobody can get the screeners or drive my car. Cause I was going to make a point that the, the last three years you had Pavel Polakowski for cold war, right. Bong Joon-ho for parasite, Thomas Vinterberg yeah. last year for another round. I think Rice Hamaguchi is going to get nominated for Drive My Car because it seems like those international features, they're starting to honor the directors of those really acclaimed international features in the best director category. Um, you know, I mean, obviously I'm going a little bit off the, off the wall with that pick. Spielberg is a very safe pick. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be five of those seven. I mean, Spielberg could very well get in. But if it's not, I think it's Hamaguchi or, or Heater is, is going to get in instead. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, you, you bring up a, a lot of point people. If not a lot of people have seen West Side Story, that's going to be a problem. Right. Yeah, and I think, I and I think like on some level, like, Story, don't you think? And and it's still it's an industry award and it's like become almost a notorious bomb at this point that right. maybe that like people shy away from that. Yep. Could be. And also maybe. like yeah, um, I mean I haven't seen it. Also, did we even need it to be made? Like clearly the audience no. didn't need it to be made. I never thought it should be remade. I mean I was well, impressed with some of the stuff it did, but yeah. You know, it's interesting. All these movies, like, it was a gritty, real West Side story. And then you watch Coda, and it's just like, uh, I don't know. Aww. We don't always... <laughs> or like, or you watch like the <laughs> times right now. Maybe it's nice to have a feel-good movie instead of a gritty, real That's West Side story. That's what I'm saying. Story. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. No love for Adam McKay. He's not being nominated. Maggie Gyllenhaal. Not this year. There. No. Okay. I think no. Adam McKay uh, might I be guess, for screenplay, but... If you guys think Coda's winning Best Picture, then you have to nominate Cyan Heater, I would think. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Who's yeah. the favorite? Yeah. Is it Jane Campion? Do we all think that? Yes. I yeah, think probably. so. Yeah, I, I think definitely. Okay. Although, uh, remember, right. my, my prediction last year was that yeah. somebody named Anderson would win Best Director, so I have to hold out hope for, for Paul Thomas Anderson to win. <laughs> One of these or for Jane, or, or for Jane to change her last name. One of the two things. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, maybe Maya Rudolph Anderson will, will direct a movie. Um, right, anyway, 
Uh, best actress. I'll go to best actress next because it's, it's on my screen here. Um, so let me just say the, the favorite, everyone had been saying since the moment this movie came out, uh, the favorite for this hands down was Kristen Stewart for, for Spencer. And then she didn't get a SAG nomination. So now no one knows what's happening in best actress. Um, so it appears Olivia Coleman, Nicole Kidman, Jessica Chastain are definite nominees. And then yep. we've got maybe Kristen Stewart, maybe Lady Gaga for House of Gucci, maybe Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers, maybe Jennifer Hudson for Respect, a lot of people's lists, or maybe you've got three-time winner Frances McDormand for, for Macbeth, or Alana Haynes, who seemed to be on everyone's list and then seemed to fall off everyone's list for Licorice Pizza. Um, and then you got Rachel Ziegler for Press Act I don't think that's happening. So, Andrew, I'll go to you. What, what do you think? Who, who, who's going to be nominated for, for Best Actress? And then who is the favorite here? Yeah, I mean, I thought for sure, like, like leading up to West Side Story, I was like, this is going to be Rachel Ziegler's category. And then, nope, like, that's not going to happen anymore. Like you mentioned, Alana Haim, like, please nominate her, but it's not going to happen. Like, it's just it's criminal. She should definitely get nominated for that movie. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you. I think Olivia Coleman's a lock. Nicole Kidman's a lock. Chastain seems like a lock. I think Lady Gaga will get in. And then I want to say I want to say Penelope Cruz gets the fifth spot. Um, yeah. You know, that's a, a Pedro yeah, Almodovar movie. Too. Like those, those usually do pretty well with the Oscars, especially in the acting categories. Um, so I, I think she'll get the fifth slot. But then, for the favorite, I gotta go Olivia Coleman. I think she yeah. just keeps winning awards. I mean, I know that she won recently, but it doesn't feel so recently that it's out of the question for her to win again. I mean, Frances McDormand just won two in in pretty close proximity of each other. Um, mm-hmm. I think she's going to end up being the favorite. I mean, I thought Nicole Kidman was really good in being the Ricardos, even though that movie was terrible. Um, but I just, I don't know that she's going to win for that. I mean, she's won before and I feel like they'd give her wait for something else that she's going to do. Like, I, I just think it'll be Olivia Coleman again. Well, we know, you know, the, a lot of Oscar voters are also Emmy voters and Olivia Coleman was a surprise winner for, um, the crown for best uh, actress for that uh, show. Um, I think a lot of people actually thought it would be Emma Corrin for the same show. Um, so maybe some anti-Diana backlash here. I'm not sure. But, uh, Joel, I'll go to you next. Who do you think gets in, and who who's your favorite? Um, your, your I think it's favorite. Olivia Coleman, Nicole Kidman, Lady Gaga, Penelope Cruz, and I think Kristen Stewart takes Jessica Chastain's spot. Um, Ooh. I don't. I mean, it was a phenomenal performance, but I thought that movie was terrible. Um, and I thought they did the story of, of, of what happened there a real disservice. Um, mm. And I just, I thought what Kristen Stewart did was pitch perfect, totally exquisite. And I think it really, you know, and plus she's on a massive press tour right now. And the movie came out months ago so they are pushing her hard and that tends to work uh this late in the game and in terms of who's going to win yeah i think it's going to be olivia coleman um i still think it's the time to see how the nominees play out 
But if I were to bet today, I would bet on Olivia Coleman. Because that movie okay. did nothing without her. Interesting. I still haven't seen it yet, admittedly. Uh, but, Kit, what do you, what do you think? Um, Who's going to be nominated here? Who's going to win? I, I, I definitely think... Uh, it's it's uh, Coleman, Nick Kidman, Lady Gaga. By the way, I don't know if you <laughs> Lady was this like her second movie? Maybe I'm not sure. Yeah, she's done what two two movies and two times she's been nominated for Best Actress. This girl yeah. is this woman is pretty talented. I mean, you know, Gucci wasn't that great of a movie, but she really was just tremendous in it. Um, I think Jessica Chastain does get it because they love those kinds of performances where she changed her whole face. And, you know, she she sang, she did all of that. So I absolutely think Jessica Chastain is going to get nominated. That fifth spot's a little tough because I didn't really like Spencer that much as a movie. I thought Christmas Story did a great job, but, you know, it's 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 a part that's been done a lot. That's the problem with it, you know. Um, and everyone brought their own kind of take to it. But, I, you know, I... I, I but I, I feel like they'll give they'll give her the nod because you know she did do a good job. But if anyone were to upset her, I think it would be Penelope Cruz. And yes, okay, and, interesting. And again, Lost Daughter, Lost Daughter's not that great of a movie either. I mean, these movies are just so slow and. Bleh. But she was so tremendous in it. You just can't you can't recognize that performance, you know. So I think she'll win. Yep. Interesting. Well. I, I think I agree with Joel. I think Jessica Chastain, or who, which of you said it? I think Jessica Chastain will be snubbed for yes. um, the <laughs> Tammy Faye Baker movie. I just I don't really know anyone who's watched it. Um, and I, What's I actually streaming think, now, so. Uh, that's a good point. Uh, I think there's a chance Lady Gaga misses out too. I I still have a hunch Alana Haim gets in somehow, some way. So I think it's Coleman, Kidman, um, and then I, I could see a world in which Jennifer Hudson gets in. I mean, she's a past winner. Um, I think there's there's a push towards diversity. Um, you know, I've heard she was fantastic in that movie. And then, you know, maybe maybe Lady Gaga gets snubbed and they put in Kristen Stewart. I, I'm not sure. But um, I think, yeah, Col- Coleman, Kidman – Actually, I'll go Hudson, Cruz, Hayes. So that's a little outside the box there. I, I think there's a, a little bit of a history of them nominating women from foreign films. Um, you know, it seemed like uh, like Marianne Cotillard would get like a random nomination for, what was that movie, Two Days, One Night or something? Andrew thought it was terrible. Um, uh, sometimes they just nominate a, a foreign actress they like, um, there was a French actress. Oh, who got oh, two, two days, days one night. Two days, one night. Yeah, and then um, yeah, uh. Isabel Huppert got nominated back in 2016. Um, the woman from Roma got nominated. So every now and then they just they they kind of nominate a sort of a well-known European actress in a foreign film. So I could see Penelope Cruz getting in uh, because of that. And then yeah, it's a tough one this year for sure. And then uh, I don't know who – I actually think Nicole Kidman will win. So that's my prediction. God, I hope her. not. <laughs> so, um, all right, we'll move on to, to best actor. Um, okay, I'll start with you. It seems like Will Smith and Benedict Cumberbatch are locked to be nominated. 
And I, I guess it's trending that Andrew Garfield seems to be nominated for all the precursors. So you got to figure he gets in for Tick, Tick, Boom. And then Peter Dinklage for Cyrano. And then, what, Denzel Washington? Is that your five? Or what do you think? And then yeah. who's your favorite? Yeah, I think that's the five. Um I mean, Javier Bardem, they are talking about him as well. So he might sneak in there maybe over, I know, maybe over Peter Dinklage. Not sure, but probably not. Um, Again, I feel like it shouldn't, he shouldn't necessarily win for this performance, but I feel like Will Smith, you know, he's kind of a darling and he's been nominated before, hasn't won, um, you know, and he is pushing hard for this. (laughs) So, uh, you know. I, this might be his year, so I'm I'm thinking that it might be it might be Will Smith. Yeah, um, Andrew, I'll go to you next. Who who are your five, and then who do you think is just the the favorite in the clubhouse? Yeah, I think Will Smith, Cumberbatch, Washington, Garfield. Um, I want to say Leo is the fifth one for Don't Look Up. Oh, I love uh, I it. I love it. I don't. I don't, don't know how many great. people have yeah. seen. I don't know how many people. He was. He was very funny in that movie. I mean, that was <laughs> that was such a different character for him to play. Like he like really yep. kind of sold being a nerd. And then of course the stuff came out that um, he used to take his girlfriends and rent out movie theaters and watch Star Wars and fight like invisible guys with lightsabers. So maybe it wasn't that far off from who he really is. Um, <laughs> but I, I kind of, I have him as my fifth. I mean, you have, if Bardem gets nominated, like, like what? Like he couldn't have been less like Desi Arnaz if like a, like a ceiling fan was playing him. Like what, like what, why would he be nominated for that? Wow. Um, and I mean, maybe, maybe Bradley Cooper, um, but yeah, I feel like Dinklage is there, but I, I think Leo gets that fifth spot. And yeah, I think, I think this is Will Smith's to lose. He has the most, like, he is like one of the best, um, just personal brands out there right now in terms of like his social media presence and just being able to yeah. keep him on top of everybody's mind. Um, as like the Oscar season is unfolding, I don't see Benedict Cumberbatch as a big Oscar campaigner to the extent that Will Smith will be. Um, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I, I, I think, I think it's Will Smith to lose. All right. Well, I know, uh, Andrew, you're very familiar with the upcoming release of, of Bel Air on Peacock. So. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Get ready. Anyway. <laughs> All right, Joel, what do you think? Who, who's, who's your five and who, who do you think is the favorite? Uh, Will Smith, Benedict, Denzel, Andrew Garfield and Peter Dinklage. And uh, if you had asked me a month ago, I would have said it was between Garfield and Smith. But I just feel like Smith is pulling away. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I think Cumberbatch has a shot, but I, I generally think this is maybe a little bit of a career award for Will Smith. I mean, he had a, a nice performance. I think he's been better in other movies in the past, but... You know, he was the biggest actor in Hollywood, and he still commands a lot of respect, and they might just say it's his time. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, best Supporting Actress. This one has been all over the map, um, but it appears the current favorite is Ariana DeBose and, uh, for West Side Story. And I want to point out, um, 
it's interesting. There are eight characters. She would be the, it would be the eighth character to have received two nominations. So the role of Anita um, was nominated, obviously, by um, uh, Rita Moreno back in 1961 or whatever it was. Um, and she won. But no woman has ever, no female character has ever won twice. And what I mean by character is, like, the, the woman in A Star is Born, that, that character has been nominated multiple times by different actresses. Uh, uh, Queen Elizabeth has been nominated multiple times by um, uh, Kate Blanchett and, and Judy Dench have, have been nominated. Uh, technically, I, I saw an interesting stat, uh, Titanic, was, that was the one movie where the same movie two different people playing the same person were nominated for, for an Oscar uh, with Kate Winslet right. and Gloria Stewart. Oh yeah. Uh, playing the old, right. old and young versions of that. Um, but there have been uh, two men who have actually, uh, two male characters who have won multiple times. Um, I had it here. I'll, I'll pull it up in a few minutes. Um, I, it's a Vito, Cor, Vito Corleone from right. Godfather yeah. and Godfather two. And of course, who could forget the Joker. Yeah, right. right. Joker has won twice. Yes, Joaquin Phoenix and and Heath Ledger. So if Ariana DeBose wins, it would be the the first female character to have won multiple times, although eight female characters have been nominated multiple times. So anyway, it appears that Ariana DeBose, Kirsten Dunst, I would say Catriona Balfe, I can't pronounce it right, the the woman from... Balfe. It's Katrina Balfe. Okay, I think she'll be nominated. It's actually a lot easier than it looks. <laughs> exactly. Katrina Irish. <laughs> and then you've got some momentum with Anjanou Ellis for King Richard, Ruth Nega for passing, Marley Matlin, a past winner for CODA, um, Ann Dowd has been on a lot of people's lists for, for Mass. Some people say, hey, why not nominate Rita Moreno again for West Side Story? Um so I don't think it goes a whole lot deeper than that, but um, I'll start with you, Joel, this time. Who do you think gets um, – who's year five, and then who's the favorite? Uh, I think Ariana DeVos definitely gets nominated. Uh, I think uh, Junae Ellis King Richard gets nominated because Will Smith was not acting in a vacuum. Um, I think that the um, – this Balf from Belfast, uh, gets nominated. Um, I also think that uh, Ann Dow will get nominated. Uh, she is really loved in acting circles. Um, and maybe it's just, this is the one category and I'm going with my heart instead of my gut, but I really, really hope that she gets nominated. Um, and then the fifth one for me is going to be Ruth Negnet for passing. Uh, I think Kirsten Dunst was great in Power of the Dark, but it, it just didn't blow me away. Hmm. So you think Kirsten Dunst gets snubbed? Interesting. Yes. I do want to say real quick with Ann Dowd, a, a quick shout-out to my, my high school classmate and friend, Fran Kranz, who um, directed and wrote Mass, which now he's, he's getting uh-huh. some publicity for. So um, It's an yeah, amazing, even... amazing movie. I forgot to mention yeah. Mass. I mean, it won't get yeah. any kind of Best Picture nods, but... Holy hell, that movie just affected me terribly. <laughs> I was like, yeah, legit yep. moved by that. 
destroyed. I, I, I actually texted Fran when I saw Ann Dowd was on some people's list for Best Supporting Actress, and he's like, I don't know, it's such a small movie. I, I don't, I don't think we're going to get anything, but that's, you know, of course he would say that. So, and, and Joel, who do you think is the is the favorite for Best Supporting Actress? I, I, I honestly, I don't know. Um, I mean, of these performances, I think what Ruth Mega did in passing was was just astounding. But I think the award should go. There should, I would vote for Ann Dowd, but I would bet on Ariana. Interesting. Okay. You know, it was funny, Andrew, I'll go to you next. It seems like all the momentum about a month ago was on Katrina Bell for, for Belfast, but it seems to have swung to, to Ariana DeBose. You know, she hosted SNL, even though, like, no yeah. one saw the movie. She still hosted SNL. <laughs> no one had heard mm-hmm. of her before she hosted SNL. But um, I don't know if hosting SNL means anything. But what, what do you think? Who's your five, Andrew, and who, who's the, the leader? Um, yeah, I think DeBose, Dunst, Balf seem like locks. I think Marley Matlin gets in. Uh, she's a former Oscar winner. Um, Coda. Um, Ann Dowd's interesting. I mean, Ann Dowd had another movie called Compliance years ago where she won a ton of precursors. Like, National Society of Film Critics didn't quite get nominated. I kind of feel like it's going to happen again. Um, so, yeah, Dunst, uh, Balf, DeBose, Matlin, and then I think Anjane Ellis uh, will, will get the fifth spot. Because I feel like, again, it's like the power of Will Smith, I feel like, is going to, um, you know, pick up a lot of people in his wake. And, and I think that, that that'll be one, too. And then, yeah, in terms of who the favorite is, I guess it's Ariana DeBose. Like you said, she hosted SNL. Like, like clearly she has a pu- big publicity team behind her who's um, trying to push her to the moon. So I think that that's helpful. But also I know that, like, Kirsten Dunst has been, like, hitting the circuit hard um, to campaign for herself. So I, I wouldn't be surprised uh, to, to see her pull it out either. Interesting. Um, Kit, what do you think? Who's your five and who's your favorite? Um, well, you know, I, I want to agree with Joel on Andal, but I don't think she's going to quite make it. Um, but she was tremendous in it. Um, I think it's, it's Ariana Kristen. I, I definitely think Ingenue uh, Ellis from uh, King Richard's going to get in there because she had a couple of, like, just, you know, fierce, sterling moments in that film. They love that kind of stuff, you know. So I think she gets in. Um, probably Katrina Balf as well. And that last spot, it, it's probably going to be, I think it's going to be between Ruth and, and Marley. Um, probably Ruth. I mean, I think Marley Maitland was so great in that, but she really wasn't doing too much above and beyond, you know, in my opinion. Um, right. She didn't have any one of those moments where you're like, wow, you know, that was just an amazing moment of acting, uh, as opposed to some of these other uh, nominees. So, um, as far as who wins, I guess Ariana seems to have the momentum behind her right now. Um, you know, she's she's pretty. She's you know, it's a great part. Obviously, Anita's always one of this, the highlight part, one of the highlight parts anyway. Um, and yeah, she's just got kind of a uh, a wave going. So, 
she'll she'll probably win. If if I were to pick though, out of the five that I picked, um, I'd probably go with with uh, Ajinu Ellis. <laughs> I just thought okay. she was great in that. I, every time she was on the screen, I I you know wanted to watch her. So yeah, interesting. Well, you know it's funny we Marley Matlin. We said former winner, but I mean former winner back in 1986 when she was only 21 years old at the time, the youngest uh, actress to win uh, for for Best Actress. I I don't know anyone who was voting in 1986 who's still voting. Um, uh, Interesting, she'd be, look at this lineup here, Jane Fonda, Sissy Spacek, Kathleen Turner, and Sigourney Weaver uh, for Aliens back in in 86. So I I agree with you, Kit. I don't think she had any real breakthrough moment. She had like that one, like, part where she talks to the daughter, but otherwise they're just kind of nominating her because they like Marley Mal. And I actually didn't think she really fit the movie all that well. She's like, you've got like mm-hmm. the grungy dad, the grungy brother, the lead actress is a little grungy and dirty with all the fishing. And then like Marley Matlin's there just looking absolutely stunning. And it just <laughs> didn't really match yeah. the whole rest of the family. Uh, so that kind of bothered me, but uh, I agree. I think it'll be DuBose, Dunst. I, I do think Anjanou Ellis gets in. Dolph, and then, I don't know. I could see Ruth Ruth Negger getting snubbed. Didn't she get snubbed for for that other movie she did? Um, loving the, where there was yeah no yeah I think loving she got nominated no she was she, she was nominated, nominated for that she, oh, she was nominated, nominated. Oh, okay yeah um, maybe maybe I'll go and out here but I, I do think right now it seems like the money's behind Ariel and Devos who who was pretty good in that film but yeah, I was a little was. surprised when when I saw her kind of leading the way um all right let's move on best supporting actor um do we all agree is cody smith McPhee winning this yes <laughs> yes yeah i think so i mean i don't want to count out troy kotzer from coda yeah. but um right. yeah it, right. it seems like cody smith McPhee is probably going to win all right now the one that i don't understand like Bradley Cooper had a nice little part in Licorice Pizza, but <laughs> I, I <laughs> agree. I know. Like, it's, it's a little bit of a stretch. He was so fantastic, though. <laughs> it was. I mean, it's hilarious, and I'm sure that. But it's again, it's an industry thing because he's playing yes. John Peters, who is so yeah. notorious in the industry, and I'm sure everybody who's dealt with him was probably laughing their eyeballs out um, at, at the scenes that he was in. But it's like, is that a a performance or is it a cameo where he's just, you know, going, you know, 11 on a, you know, 11 out of 10 the whole way. Um, but it was still funny. <laughs> All right. Um, so is it, some people think it'll be Jamie Dornan possibly nominated, although he hasn't gotten a ton of precursor love. Um, although I believe he did get a, no, he did not get a SAG nomination. Uh, yeah. Troy Katzer, most, Kotzer, most people think will get in. He was phenomenal. Uh, I think Aaron Hines gets in. Uh, Jared Leto is on a lot of people's list for, for House of Gucci. Why? Um, Why? That one it. I just... He looked very because he wore Because understand. he wore lots of makeup. Oh, you know the that they love to numb. <laughs> it was the most laughable performance I've ever seen in my life. He took me so out of the movie every time he was on screen. I don't understand it. I don't get it. 
Am I missing something well, here? Does the guy really sound so like wrong? him? I don't. <laughs> oh, come so on. I'm about to have a perform. Let me drive my car. I'm a Mario. <laughs> I mean, it was just. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That was just my rant for the night. <laughs> Right. Anyone want to point out another potential nominee here, or? Um, nah. I, mean, I just want to well. say, like, I mean, I, I think you're right. I just, I thought Jamie Dornan was so good in Belfast. That's the only thing. That was kind of my only takeaway from that movie was that I thought he was really terrific. Um, and and I hope he gets nominated. But like right now, it seems like. You know, he's missed precursors, maybe. He's the odd man out in favor of, you know, Jared Leto. They love to nominate when people wear disgusting makeup because it's like, oh, wow, a beautiful person decided to look ugly. Like, who cares? Oh, look, he um, wore a fat suit. Yeah. I do want to point out, Ben Affleck got a SAG nomination for The Tender Bar. I didn't see that movie. He but was really good in it, on actually. The really good. I don't know why he's supporting actor because he's front and center on the poster and all the yeah, it's kind of the kid's story, so. But he was okay. quite good Boy. in it. That movie should but be disqualified because it, it has a, because it has a terrible title. <laughs> well, it's just the bartender backwards. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's which is just it's so bad. It's, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> so does, oh does my god! I just I just got that. I just yeah. got that. Are you freaking kidding me? That's what it is? Oh, uh-huh. Lordy. Because he's so tender and caring, but he's a bartender. And he, but he, <laughs> he's at a bar. <laughs> he's a tender You're right. bar. right. What a horrible title. I didn't even really think about it. <laughs> wow. I don't, I'm, just, I'm just looking at the pics to post right, right now. now. It says the tender bar, big, you know, first name, Ben Affleck. Big picture, Ben Affleck. And I'm just wondering, like, supporting actor? But, ben you know, I didn't see the movie, so. I didn't see the movie, but, you know, he, he's on this redemption tour, right, where he, he admitted Batman was bad or, or whatever, Justice League was bad with him as Batman. So. Yep. <laughs> Great. Good for him. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure oh, the check's the way, still cleared. By the way, I do want to point out Carrie Ann Hines, um, who I just love yeah, I as an actor. God, every, every single thing he's in, I love him in. So, um, him, he was so beautiful in Belfast. Just he and Judy Dance were my favorite parts of that movie. Um, he was so, loved for a sag, though. That mind. Yeah, he's he's just a great actor. One of these days, he's going to win. <laughs> I think. Um. All right. Well, Kieran, one of these days he's going to win. He is sixty-eight years old, so. Um, they better get going. <laughs> that don't stop no no do it, yeah. <laughs> um see, let me quickly look at uh awards uh he is has he ever been nominated for an oscar i don't believe he has no i don't he, think so he has never been nominated for an oscar so yep. how about that he's been nominated in the irish film and television awards many times um well, that makes all right sense. just as far as other awards are concerned. Um, I'll, I'll kind of open it up to other awards in a second, but I, I do want to point out that um, for best original song, the 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 major controversy is that Disney somehow. This is where the Academy gets a little ridiculous, but 
everywhere I go, people are talking about this uh, Bruno song from Encanto. And, yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Everyone's humming it. It's like the biggest thing on TikTok. It's like, it's yep. like the, the biggest song of the year, you know, other than like Olivia Rodrigo's driver's license. And uh, Disney didn't think it would win, so they didn't submit it. And what, oh. we can't go back and say, we can't go back and say, oh, Disney, you made a mistake. Maybe we can submit, uh, yeah. uh, don't want to talk about Bruno, whatever it is. Uh, so that will not win because it, it, it cannot be nominated. Um, so I, I just think what? that's ridiculous. The, <laughs> the, the favorite, I guess, is either one of the other songs from Encanto or No Time to Die. But we'll, we'll see. Yeah, probably No Time to Die. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to. I know Encanto has kind of come out. This is kind of an interesting deal, be, an interesting you know phenomenon because uh, you know what was sort of the favorite animated film up until Encanto? I mean, it just came out like Luca? the end of the year, like yeah, maybe Mitchell barely the at the end of the year. And yeah, Mitchell like, versus the Machines. Yeah, it's suddenly it's like the it's like it feels like it's the next Frozen. I mean, it is like everywhere, <laughs> especially that Bruno song, you know. So it's interesting, you know, how, how it just has gained such a momentum. Yeah, if but I were in charge of the anime, I would say, you know what, Disney, you can submit the Bruno song because we want people to actually watch our show. Maybe if someone's performing yeah. that on television, someone might watch the show. But no. A lot of no, people you would. You have to submit these like six months in advance, and if you're wrong, you're wrong. So um, I just think that's ridiculous. But, <laughs> and yes, uh, you have missed out. The other fact I just want to mention, uh, I said Steven Spielberg, um, if he gets nominated, would have been nominated in the 70s, 80s, 90s, aughts, teens, and 20s. We're going to read you, this would be the, what, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. This would be the 14th movie Steven Spielberg would be nominated for Best Director for. So wow. Close Encounters of the Third Kind in 78, Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T., Color Purple, Schindler's List, Saving Private Ryan, Munich, Letters from Iwo Jima, War Horse, Lincoln, Bridge of Spies, and The Post. What a and for that for him that's like a, a Letters from Iwo Jima. That was directed by Clint Eastwood. I'm sorry, you're right. He was nominated for Best Picture for that as a producer, but not as a director. I take that back. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. And actually he was not nominated for director for Warhouse Force either. He was nominated as a producer for pictures. So I'm on there. So um but still, that's an amazing, like, for some people, that's a lifetime worth of work, and then some, and for him, it's like a quarter of his career. So I'm just giving <laughs> Steven Spielberg some, some love. Um, are any other awards people want to want to talk about, I imagine? Well, it's an interesting year, I think, for cinematography, and I think uh, a mm-hmm. lot of the credit for making streaming movies feel like movies is the cinematography, and I think yeah. that... Um, I just wanted to share that the uh, Association of Cinematographers released their nominations today, and they were Belfast, Dune, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, and Tragedy of Macbeth. Yep, that uh, makes sense. No, no Last Night <laughs> yep. in Soho, uh, no West Side Story, but I think those are probably going to be your nominees. And no yeah. Green Knight. Yeah, Dune. Dune is listed oh, as my favorite right now. Green Knight is listed as oh, seven yeah. on Gold Derby for cinematography. So, 
So maybe it'll sound uh, good. I just, it was, it was just so beautiful. Maybe I need to give it and, another shot, but I like legit fell asleep. Anyone? I just want. I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about best original screenplay real quick because Joel mentioned, and and I agree with him that uh, Licorice Pizza is probably going to win best original screenplay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's this thing that I do not understand. That movie does not have a good screenplay. Like it's it's not a movie. It's a bunch of stuff. It is a well directed movie. And somehow in the last few years, oh, like, <laughs> like Qu- Quentin Tarantino has won a couple screenplay Oscars. He's never won Best Director. Won one. Um, yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson, like, this is going to be his Oscar, not Best Director. Like, these are like people Lee. to me, like, when I think of them, I think of directors who happen to write their movies. Not like, you know, like Woody Allen, who I think of as a writer who happens to direct his movies. Yeah. And, it's just weird the way that screen like 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 Get Out. I mean, Get Out was a really good screenplay, but that was a a director's masterpiece, and they give it to like like I just feel like they keep giving screenplay to movies that should be getting a like like more recognition for their directing and for the picture overall. I mean, he'll probably get nominated. You know, Get Out got nominated for Best Picture. It should have won, but whatever. Um, but I, I just feel like that award original screenplay oftentimes ends up being like my favorite movie that year or the movie that I think should have won best picture, but it's not for the screenplay, which is odd. Like, like when I look at a movie like Coda, that is a great screenplay. It has three stories that all build, like there's the love story between her and, and her, her singing partner. There's her story of auditioning. And then there's the fishers, like the fisherman story and then how their family wraps around it. Everything works. Everything flows together. It's just a great script. Um, and, like, I look at Licorice Pizza, and it's like, you know, that'd be like nominating, um, you know, one of his biggest inspirations was Dazed and Confused and Everybody Wants Some. Like, did those movies even have screenplays? Like, wasn't, wasn't that just Richard Linklater being like, go do whatever? Um, so, like, yeah. I, I, just, I, I think it's – I just think it's a weird award. Like, like I don't like, – I just don't feel like the screenplay is being honored I feel like the film is being honored and they're almost just saying like, we don't know where to honor you. So we're going to pick screenplay. And, and it's just, it, it's just a strange category to me now. <laughs> He's not wrong. I, I, I understand Andrew. I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to read off yeah. the last year's screenplay winners uh, for adapted last year was the father actually. Um, and then uh, Taika Waititi for Jojo rabbit, Spike Lee for black Klansman. Um, Call Me By Your Name, Moonlight, which I didn't think was much of a screenplay, but uh, Adam McKay for Big yeah. Short. Let's say, now that I mean, Moonlight's that another fine. one. I mean, Mo- Moonlight was good. I mean, Moonlight's but obviously an excellent good. film, and it won Best Picture, but, like, that was a director's movie. And, and I think the same with Big Short. Like, Big Short, like, yeah, it was, it was clever the way that it was written, but, like, it doesn't work unless – like the film is constructed that way, both in like the editing and the direction. Like, I feel like that's where it comes together. And again, it wasn't so much of like a story. It was like, it was almost more of like docudrama that he elevated through the way that he directed it. Again, I don't know. I don't know why I'm like, I'm just very hung up on, 
I, I just feel like I'm happy that Big Short, Big Short should have won Best Picture that year. I'm happy that it won something. Um, but yeah, again, I keep coming back to like this should have won Best Picture, and they always win Best Screenplay, and I, and I just don't get it. Well, lately there has been a correlation. Usually. The Best Picture winner does win one of the two screenplay awards, although Nomadland last year did not win um, screenplay. That, that I said, went to the father. Promising Young Woman won screenplay last year on the original side, and then Parasite and Green Book both won for screenplay. Um, <laughs> well, Green Book is not one that I would have said, yeah, that should have won. I'm looking here, Get Out, Manchester by the Sea, Spotlight, which – uh, Birdman, so those were two. And then Spike Jones won for her for screenplay. That's good. Yeah, maybe that was, that was, that was when it turned was after that one. No, but I mean, well, I mean like, I when, like, 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 justified. Like when Charlie Kaufman always won for best screenplay. Yeah, those movies are the screenplay. Um, but yeah, I just feel like something's turned in the last few years. Okay. Um, all right, any, uh, we've got a minute left. <laughs> any other final thoughts? Uh, nope. No, just looking forward <laughs> to see, uh, not, see how we do. Yeah, I'm not necessarily what wowed by this year's, uh, you know, crop of films, but you know, there's been some really good ones and 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 whatnot. <sighs> but you know, I think I think the ones that that I really love the most are not going to get nominated, <laughs> except for maybe Coda. Well, Kit, I know you weren't wowed, but I have to say it's, it's a huge improvement over last year's films, wow. which were nominated for Best Picture. I mean, I'm looking here, Nomadland, The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari. I tried watching Minari. I couldn't finish it. Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, Trial of Chicago 7. That was last year's list. Don't say, don't remind me of Trial of the Chicago 7, please. <laughs> I, I that was not, it's all, not that bad of a list. I, I, it's been worse than that, by the way. It really has. <laughs> I think this year's list will be much, much better. Even Power of the Dogs better than all those movies, and I didn't even like Power of the Dogs. But. All right. Um, <coughs> I guess that'll do it. So the nominations come out, um, I forgot the exact date, February 8th, I think. So we'll, we will be back on after the nominations are out, and we will talk about um, – who was snubbed? Who's going to win? We'll, we'll go into detail as to who will win every single award, and uh, we will talk about the host as well. So we can, we can go over all of that. So for uh, Kit Bowen, Joel Amos, and Andrew Payne, this is Skull Wallace signing off, everyone. Have a great night. Goodbye. Bye. Good night.